Good afternoon. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and this is the Healthy Options Program here on WERU Community Radio. Today on Healthy Options, we have two guests who are here to tell us about an enterprising endeavor to bring school-age kids into the outdoors. Our first guest today, Alicia Hayburn, is the Executive Director of Teens to Trails. She's a registered Maine Sea Kayak Guide, and she serves on the board of Maine Gear Share, the advisory board of the Brunswick Topsom Land Trust, and the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Workshops of the Maine Trail Coalition. By the way, Teens to Trails is an organization which connects Maine students to life-changing outdoor experiences and helps middle school and high schools host outdoor clubs. They're working with 56 schools this year in grades 6 through 12, and in doing so, they're connecting about 3,000 Maine students to the outdoors, and we'll learn why that is a really good thing for the health of our kids and uh, probably everybody who's participating. For our other guest, Miles Disher, he's currently an eighth grade social studies teacher at Bucksport Middle School in Bucksport, Maine, where he founded the school's first outdoor club. Previously, he taught social studies at Edward Little High School in Auburn, where he founded and directed the school's outdoor adventure club, the Bushwhackers. Oh, yeah. That sounds like the group to be part of, don't you think? Okay. Outside of school, Miles Bisher has explored the entire Appalachian Trail, hiked all 67 of the 4,000-foot mountains in New England, and has a mere 880 miles left in his quest to complete the Pacific Crest Trail. And it seems like your nickname really is Miles to Go. So we'll uh, we'll be uh, learning more about that, Miles, as, as we... Uh, continue our conversation. So thank you, Miles and Alicia, for speaking with us today about your efforts and accomplishments in working with teens to trails and what that entails. So welcome. Yes. Thanks, Rhonda. Yeah. So um, so Alicia, start. Maybe we'll start with you and you can give us a bit of a um, a rundown of what what this what the programs are and and what you are doing um, with this with the teens to trails. Sure. Well, I'd love to tell a bit of our history because the organization started in two thousand and six, and so there's been quite a lot of of spread spreading the joy of the outdoors since that time. We began with the a tragedy, really, turning turning a sad thing into something really quite joyful. And a um, a couple lost a daughter. She was killed in a car crash. It was a very sweet 15-year-old girl who had an absolute love for being outside. It was her, her social structure, her friends, the activities that she did. And so to honor um, this wonderful girl, the parents started this organization, Teens to Trails, it began as a, a chance for, for a girl from the Wiscasset schools to go on a summer outdoor trip with an organization called the Chuanki Foundation, doing a hiking or kayaking or canoeing trip. And so that was the origin in 2006. And now here we are that we support outdoor clubs at, at 56 schools, as you mentioned, around the state. So we've expanded geographically, but also age-wise and certainly across all genders. So no longer just a 15-year-old girl receiving a benefit of getting outside, but it's all Maine students, grades 6 through 12. And I can oh. tell you about what we do when you're ready. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, I'm looking at your um, at, at your values and what you believe in your mission statement. And we want to, you know, this is healthy options. So definitely have to uh, give ourselves a, a, a little bit of idea of why some of these outdoor activities are, are going to be so beneficial to the health of, of these teenagers. You know, when we were kids, Back in the day when all of us were kids, <laughs> did you get to run outside and just be, you know, part of nature? We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have all of these uh, other distractions that would keep us inside. What are you finding? I mean, I know I understand the the beginning of the uh, of the of the uh, of, of the program, but are we finding that that kids are are not as connected to the outside? And Miles, maybe you can, you know, uh, jump in on that one, and we'll we'll circle back around. Yeah, I mean, I I have fond memories of growing up. I grew up in Castine, and that's such a small. If you've ever been to Castine, it's a very small community, and kids are just all on their bikes, and we're exploring the Revolutionary War era forts, and kind of going off and doing our own thing. And so, my memories of growing up were you know, exploring the town with my friends after school. And so I don't see a lot of that with kids these days. Um, I'm really grateful to see in Bucksport specifically, though, um, we've incorporated a new outdoor skate park, which has gotten a lot of kids outside. And I think there is an effort to sort of get more kids involved who maybe don't do organized sports. And that, I think, is the real value in Teens to Trails and the outdoor clubs is that it's offering opportunities for kids who might be sort of flying under the radar and they're not really out there go-getters, part of the like quote unquote popular clique or whatever, but they are kids who need connection and they can find connection as long as they have an opportunity to do that. And that's what I'm finding with my kids is that they need this opportunity. And once they have it, um, their behavior improves at school, their health improves, their mental health improves their connection with each other improves and their motivation levels improve as well. And I can get more into that with the quotes that I got from my kids, but I'm sure Alicia sees the same stuff through her work with Teens to Trails. Go for so, it. So true. I, I really love hearing the perspective of the teacher because the structure of Teens to Trails is that we help Miles and 55 other teachers around the state run an outdoor club. And that's really our primary product. We want to help a school, a middle or a high school, start an outdoor club. So the, the support and the services that we offer are trying to make it easier for those teachers like Miles who will run the club. The benefits we know about the outdoors um, are, are from our, our opportunity to observe and interact with the kids about four or five times a year when, when we host a big convening. That's something that Teamster Trails loves to do. And and does pretty well is to make a, a convening. Let's get a dozen high school outdoor clubs together and let those students connect with each other. The other benefit of that is that we're doing the work of the planning of the trip. So Miles and, and his colleagues can just um, take on other aspects like rounding up those permission forms and packing the food and, and showing up. But hearing these testimonials directly from the classroom and the behavior of the students in a school setting and how outdoor time improves their performance as a student is really, really rewarding. So, you know, your question, Rhonda, about why do we want to be outside? What, what's so good about being outside and, and what's preventing us from getting out there? I really don't want to, want to put 
screens as our nemesis or our competition, but frankly, it is it is quite true that the ability to just have space and time in your life, the downtime, the daydreaming time, I think that's a pretty scarce commodity right now. And yet, if you are sitting at the crest of a mountain or on the shore of the ocean and just looking out at an awe-inspiring landscape, it's pretty easy to let your mind float and to get into that moment. And it's in those times when really cool ideas can come to you. You know, we're trying to create the the opportunity for kids to dream big. And, And it's fun to think that when you're able to look really far out on the horizon, for example, it enables you to think really far into your future. And that fosters a sense of hope, a sense of opportunity and possibility, a growth mindset. When you're looking at a screen, you can only see about two to three inches in front of you, and it's it's hard to predict what's going to happen then. Well, it's predicted for you, isn't it? It's it's That's, an algorithm. It's not really about your imagination or your uh, sense of uh, wonder. I I love that. Yes, that you brought in that sense of awe. Um, if those of us, uh, of our listeners who are regular listeners to Healthy Options, we've already had two references to other programs. One is vision and uh, vision health. And we know that in order to expand our our good here, um, um, seeing and vision, we need to look at the horizon and we need to look wide. And then the other is uh, Florence Williams, who has a whole book about the nature the nature fix and all about all about what happens to the nervous system when we're in um, when we're when we're uh, not uh, just looking at something two inches in, in front of our, our of our eyes. So the sense of awe is uh, is extraordinary to to invite kids to um, to experience. So Miles, when you have that experience with these kids, what are you learning? What do you, what what's their reaction if they've never experienced that vision from the mountaintop? Well, I think the the vision is great when it happens and there are times when kids will express that stuff verbally and rather eloquently to me, but uh I think the thing with kids is that sometimes you just don't know what you're doing like until later in life. So like the seeds that we're planting with these kids now, we might not realize, they might not realize for them, it's just something fun to do, honestly, um, to be there with their friends. And maybe it's something they don't have anything to do after school. And so now they're just there with their friends, but maybe three, four, five, ten 10 years from now, those habits of getting outside and, and taking a mind break um, is really going to benefit them in the future. And I'm going to reference a poet, Gary Snyder, um, where he talks about the the rhythm of our bodies and nature when we're walking and that when we are walking, we become more open. Our, our senses become more open and receptive to things. And what I've found with kids is that when I'm outside with them, they themselves open up to me and to each other. And it's a much better place to have conversations and to grow and to get to know people and to, to build connectivity with the community. And that can't happen inside in a, in a closed, sterile setting. And so the more I've gotten kids outside during the school day, the better they feel. I, I took kids out sledding for 20 minutes uh, the other day when we finally had enough snow. 
And one girl came back in and she had a huge Cheshire cat grin on her face. And she just said, Mr. Bitcher, I feel so good right now. Thank you for taking us outside to sled. And that just sort of says it all to me is, is the benefits are there's a meme on social media of Joe Biden saying it benefits everyone hurts no one. And that's kind of how I feel about the outdoors is there is no downside to this. Their brains are going to perform better in school. Um, I have some quotes here, actually, from from the kids trying to get feedback from their time outside. Um, they report falling asleep faster. They feel like they have more energy than usual and overall just feel more refreshed. They feel less tired at school. They feel better than they did before going outside more frequently. They feel better about themselves and have more confidence. Um, they have more motivation to do things and more motivation to attend school. And school feels more fun and engaging. And they're overall just more excited to show up and, and be outside. And they do feel like it's changing them and that they can socialize and make friends that way when they're forced to sort of be in an environment that is so open and they have to be open to each other as well. I love that. I love that. I love those quotes. And and I love, uh, uh, Alicia, when you, you mentioned this idea of unstructured time, let's talk more about that um, from what you, um, what you know uh, have, have affects these kids when there's unstructured time. Well, you could put it into your own context. When's the last time you had a large block of time in your calendar that was beautifully blank? And how does that make you feel? I think perhaps as adults, we can feel like, wow, what an opportunity. I get to do the, the want, the wish things on my list, or perhaps I just get to exhale and uh, <laughs> catch up a little bit. But for young people, they we've taught them to be go, go, go and push, push, push. And what's next? And what are you going to accomplish? And did you do your homework? And what are you going to be when you grow up? And so not that any kid I've met actually keeps a calendar to see that there's a big blank space on it, but they are, they're expecting now to have one thing after another, after another. And when they do have a bit of a gap in schedule, the hand goes in the pocket, the hand pulls out the phone and you do something to keep yourself busy because we have lost the ability to just be. It's hard for me. It really, it really takes a bit of time. I think it might have been in, in the Nature Fix that I read that it takes three days in nature to, to decompress and to reset and to just calm down that frontal lobe that's dealing with logistics all the time. And if we can give ourselves that three days, you can have a very different vacation experience. Children don't need three days to reset, but let's give them a few hours. Let's give them... 30 minutes. Um, there's fewer and fewer chances for that unstructured time. Even recess has recess monitors. It has boundaries of where you can go. It, can you use a ball or not use a ball? Listen for the whistle, behave this way or that way. And frankly, most recesses happen either inside in a gym or outside on a soccer field, which is like a level playing field that you don't really want. Like, let's get a little topography, a little variety, a few sticks, a stream, a forest, something that can spark our creativity and be an invitation to playfulness. And, and if I could, I, I just want to share a, a vignette 
we mentioned that Teens to Trails helps middle and high schools start an outdoor club led by these wonderful teachers like Miles. There's two other ways that we're working to get kids outside. And one of them is called the Outdoor Explorers Program. So if your community has a recreation department or a teen center, that would be um, a great host for the Outdoor Explorers. The way we've set it up is, you know, in some cases feels like embarrassingly simple, but a six week series once a week, right after school, um, an, an adult leader, preferably somebody kind of young still, like maybe it's a high school student leading middle school students or someone in their 20s leading high school students. You go right out the back door of the school and you wander around the campus. The places that are out of bounds during structured recess time, the edges of the property, the trail that, that connects the community to the school, and you just start exploring. You're an outdoor explorer. Well, we have a group in Brunswick, that an outdoor explorer group. And on our first session, a couple of weeks ago, the students came out of school and they're sort of a combination of, of exhausted from being inside all day, needing to pay attention and follow the structure of the classroom and give their respect and attention to their teachers. And they're thrilled that the school day is over. And they don't know what this explorer thing that their parents signed them up for is all about. And so we meet with them and, and we ask them, what do you want to do? And there's a bit of a pause. Like they're kind of checking to see if they can trust us. Wait a minute. We've been told what to do all day. But now here's somebody asking me what I want to do. I have to see if that's really accurate. Do they really mean it? okay, I want to make snowballs. I want to go over in those woods. I want to play on that jungle gym. All right, let's do it. Really? Just like that? I don't need a permission slip. I don't need consensus. You're just going to let me do it. Yeah, let's go. And then that leads to, to like a flipping of roles and a, and a flipping of the line. If you can imagine that the teacher is usually at the front of the line, guiding the students in a direction, we are following the lead of the students and wanting to respond to, to them. But it takes them a bit of time to remember that they have this capacity to lead, this um, permission to explore. And then we get fun questions like, well, there's a stream. Yeah, there's the stream. Well, they're always told they can't go down to the stream during the school day. Can we go to the stream? Sure, we can go to the stream. Really? We can go down to the stream? Yeah, what might happen at the stream? Well, I might get wet. Okay, you might get wet. Is that okay to get wet? Well, what's going to happen if you get wet? I might get cold. Are you okay getting cold? I'm okay getting cold. All right, let's try it. <laughs> and you just do yeah. a bit of inquiry and give them agency and see the life come back in their eyes. It is a really, really fun thing to watch. This is so, this is, this is great. We're, we're going to explore this more, but I want to uh, let everybody know if you've just tuned in, I'm Rhonda Feynman, and this is the Healthy Options Program right here on WERU Community Radio. We're speaking with Alicia Hayburn, the Executive Director of Teens to Trails, and Miles uh, Bisher, Social Studies teacher at Bucksport Middle School and the founder of their Outdoor Clubs. I love that idea of, we're discussing um, the idea of leadership and really understanding what you want to do and being 
free, opening up those boundaries so that you can explore. I, I think many, many uh, adults need to be reminded of that, don't you think? <laughs> I think so. But you know, what we're doing is we're giving them a better choice than pulling out their phone. We're giving them an alternate choice than being entertained by their phone. Let's get entertained by nature. And they very quickly forget about their phone. And that's a really, really fun right. thing to see too. We, we had a, a high school group camping for the weekend at Camden Hills State Park last year. And at the end of our weekend, it's a Sunday right after lunch, we've eaten all our leftovers, packed up the tents, all the stuff is back in the school van and buses. And we circle up to ask for just a, one or two words of feedback. You know, how did this weekend make you feel? Just like these wonderful quotes that Miles was offering that he got from his students. And one of the first girls stood there and said, I forgot to use my phone all weekend. And there was this nodding from the rest of the circle, sort of like this, this every day, every moment habit had just fallen away when you were given another option and social connection. And of course, we're still really needing to rebuild that social connection. And, and it's not just remembering, but it's, it's teaching for the first time for some of these, these kids who have, you know, gone, they're in the midst of that important maturation timeframe that Miles works with in middle school. And, um, and the social skills that come with needing to be a little rough and tumble and have some tense moments. And that's wonderful stuff to work out outdoors too. So Miles, yes, let's, let's bring you back in here. What are you seeing in terms of uh, the, the uh, different levels of comfort uh, when the kids get outside? I bet, you know, some kids are a little maybe hesitant. Some are, you know, let's just get going. What, how do you uh, play with the differences? How, how do you uh, bring, make that group come together? Well, I, Alicia, you know, says it well when um, Teens to Trails always, anytime we do a, a group activity with Teens to Trails is the, the phrasing is challenged by choice. And so it's really what you as an individual feel comfortable with going outside and doing this. If you want to give mountain, you know, rock climbing a try, then we'll have an opportunity for you to give that a try. And if you only want to go up a few handholds, then that's fine. Um, that's as far as you go. If you think you want to try whitewater rafting, um, but you don't really want to tumble out and do the swimmers rapid, then that's fine. You don't have to do that. So trying to offer different levels of opportunities where maybe we're just going to go on a nature walk today and do a nature scavenger hunt. Maybe the next weekend we're going to go on a hike. Maybe the next weekend we're going to do cross-country skiing and just giving kids varied opportunities and just knowing that the outdoors isn't just one thing. And it's not a space that only exists for people who are professionals or who have the, the technical skills or the jargon or the special $1,000 equipment. That this is The outdoors really is for everyone and that it benefits everyone. And we're all better as a community and as a world when we're outside and just to kind of circle back to what I'm seeing with the kids. I, I think people often misinterpret the phone thing and the screen time with kids and Gen Z as being self-centered and narcissistic. I believe that it's actually anxiety that they are on their phones and they're taking selfies because they don't have any confidence, because they are so anxious about the way that they're perceived by their peers, 
that they're not living up to whatever expectations they have for themselves or what their perceived expectations are from their friends. And I've had so many students just say, silence makes me uncomfortable. I can't sit there in silence. I can't fall asleep at night because I'm just alone with my thoughts and it makes me really nervous. And I don't know if that's because they're overstimulated um, just with all of the the short videos and their brains are overstimulated and they're overscheduled and they're oversupervised. And so that downtime, that silence um, leads to a lot of anxiety because they're thinking about everything that could happen to them. And they're not used to that safety net not being there where they're not getting that stimulation. And so it's really hard for them. And that's the reliance on the phone. I don't even think it's an entertainment thing. I really do think it's an anxiety thing for a lot of these kids. And Anxiety is a term that I hear every single day, and it's not from just the kids that you have a diagnosed anxiety. This is from kids who are seemingly well-regulated, and they'll tell me, they'll confide in me that I did not sleep at all last night because I had so much anxiety. And they're coming to school and they're functioning, but there's something missing there, and it's alarming. And so I think trying to get kids outside is a way to break through some of that stuff. And if they're there with their peers, and with adults that they trust, that they'll see that there actually is a lot more and that there are coping skills to that anxiety. And that being outside is probably the healthiest coping mechanism that you can have in life as you get older. Um, and just to touch on the, on the screen thing again, a little bit more, not to belabor it, but I do think that there is, at least with me, there's a, a paradox with the screen time because I think how many times are we out on hikes and a, a great vista is there and we want to document it. There's, oh my God, this is a beautiful sunset. I want to capture this so I can remember this moment or I want to take a picture with my friends here. And we're, I'm guilty of that too. And so I think trying to find a balance of documenting and but not living in our memories and not letting the picture become the experience is really hard for kids. And I've tried to find a balance with my Instagram accounts for my outdoor clubs. I've used it as a great recruiting tool, but I do feel a little bit bad when I'm pulling on my phone, taking pictures and documenting stuff. But I have also found that it recruits kids and gets more kids outside. And so it is sort of a paradox. The paradox of screens outside is tough. There, and there's a, a funny Instagram account where I think there's uh, influencers outside or hikers on their phones, and you can kind of find it. And it's kind of sad, but I'm guilty of it as well. <laughs> I like thinking that, but it's what you're doing with the phone. If it were a camera, would we feel differently? Because our camera is integrated into our phone, that one piece of technology has both like wonderful attributes and some things that can pull us away from the moment. So capturing the moment is different than um, escaping the real moment by going into your screen. You're trying to like bring bring reality into your phone as opposed to escaping reality and going into your phone. So I, I hear you about that. It, it is a bit of um oh it it can influence the experience like that that playfulness, that really free form ease that people are having in the outdoors and you you pull out a camera to try to capture it, to share it with somebody else. And there's a little bit of stiffening up. Oh, did I look silly? Was my hair this way or that way? And, and so that that would be too bad to to just minimize that bliss and joy and freeform expression that, that kids can have outside. Yeah, living in the moment is uh, is is something we have to remember or learn. Sadly, yeah. 
exactly. And it's pretty fun to be pretty silly and look pretty ridiculous. And you don't want people to capture <laughs> capture that. You want to remember the feeling of, of that freedom as opposed to what it looked like necessarily. And that is that is what I hope to kind of capture with the the social media that I do with my hiking accounts and for the outdoor clubs that I run is to capture the feeling that the kids had, because years from now, they're not going to remember a lot of specific details, but they're going to remember how they felt being outside. And if I can capture that for them so that they're not on their phones necessarily as much, then that's a, a plus. I, I'd love to talk about that feeling for just a moment. Please. Because... Teamster Trails, our mission is to play together outside. Now, that's not the, the official mission statement, but that's how we synthesize the whole organization into three words. Play together outside. And the playfulness is to make us distinct from any of the other lovely organizations that get people outside for the purpose of environmental education, for example, or advocacy. We're about play specifically for the reason Miles says, we wanna create a feeling that's positive outside. I wanna create a relationship that feels beneficial, enjoyable, something you wanna repeat. And, and then the together part, as we've mentioned, that built, rebuilding that social connection, teaching social skills, creating a sense of community, belonging, inclusion. Sure, you can go off and hike by yourself, but not on a Teens to Trails program. We're about being together. And then the outdoors, as we have emphasized, that is a place that welcomes all of us. It doesn't judge any of us. It's free to enter. It offers many levels of challenge. And, and so to place, place the organization of Teens to Trails on a continuum, I like to think of us at the beginning creating a positive relationship to the outdoors. Now, we like being outside. What often happens next is that you get curious about what you're seeing. Hey, what kind of tree is that? What is that type of fish that I saw in there? Why does the sun rise at this point in this time of year and that point in that time of year? Okay, now we're into learning. This is environmental education. I, I consider that phase two. And why do we want to create positive relationships and then curiosity. To me, the end game is phase three. I care about the outdoors. I want to advocate for the protection of nature. I want to really share how important a, a clean and healthy environment is. And I want to be part of our environmental advocacy um, movement. And so if we put play at the front, learn in the middle, and then care as our end game. That's that's a, a that's very beautiful because we do get to understand that really how did we ever learn anything? I mean, how do you learn to walk? You're playing, you know. You're you're how do you learn to when you start speaking? You know, I, I think that this is um, uh, just a, a very organic learning way of learning. And speaking of that, how then do you bring everyone? different learning styles in into this miles um how you know some kids learn verbally you know through uh, through listening some people are visual some people are um tactile you know um how do we how do we incorporate that into that play i think the well, just off the top of my head i took kids cross country skiing yesterday for the first time i took six kids outside 
both seventh and eighth graders and all different backgrounds and not a single one of them had ever put cross country skis on. And so I just spent, instead of going out on the trails, we just went up to the soccer field and we just tried to clip in and get comfortable with the equipment. And so I had planned this entire thing out where I was going to walk through the parts of the ski and getting clipped in. And this is the technique and all this stuff. And here I am and kids are just getting clipped in, figuring out themselves. And then they're just going and I'm not giving any lesson whatsoever. And so what I found is that kids need to do and they need to fall to get back up. And the, in my opinion, the biggest problem with education right now is that we are not letting kids fail and they're not learning how to get back up and be okay. And so there was a lot of falling yesterday, but there was also a lot of getting back up and not a single kid said, I don't ever want to do this again. You know, some of them were like, all right, I need to work on some stuff and, and figure out how to get up better. But there wasn't a single kid who said they didn't want to do it again. And so I think when they have the opportunity to just put the stuff on and get out there and go, and that gets back to the unstructured playtime and exploration time, is that's when you're going to learn and you're on your own time. You're not being dictated to by this authoritative figure who supposedly is the gatekeeper of this knowledge, right? And so I think that's a better way to learn than if you went and you got taught by someone. Uh, because you're actually the one who's going through the process and you're at your own pace and yeah, you might fall, but you're the one who has to get back up and then I can help them out and figure out, well, what might be an easier way to get up than the one that you did? And then we can go from there. Um, so that was a great experience and I'm excited to have the kids go out again. I, I suspect there was a lot of laughing. Yes, there was very much so. And as soon as the kids <laughs> felt comfortable on the flat surface, they immediately started exiting the gate to go down these slight slope back down to the school. And uh, I said, well, let's just maybe talk about it so we don't hurt ourselves. But that was too late. They were just going to go for it. And uh, they figured it out. But it was it was a lot of fun to see. They came back in with huge grins. And yep. again, that's kind of why I do what I do and why I'm 100% okay giving up my weekend time or my after school time to get kids outside, even if it's just a couple of kids that's going to make a difference for those kids. And I've had several kids this year who spent all last year, almost every day spent to the principal's office for behavior issues mm. and maybe only one or two incidents this year and significant behavioral and academic improvement. And I really do attribute that to the outdoor stuff. Oh yeah. And I, 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 I can see how that could create confidence and also a way of feeling good about yourself. You don't feel so good about yourself if you're sitting in the principal's office, do you? And you haven't learned anything, have you? All you're doing no. is sitting in there feeling bad. Yeah. It's, 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 I see yeah. another component of this that, that Miles, or Mr. Bisher to his students, is showing his whole being to his kids. He it's like, I don't want you to just see me in my tie standing in front of you as this fount of knowledge. I want to have you see me in my sweats on a trail. I want to have you see me first thing in the morning when I wake up from my tent. Like I want to, I trust you and I invite you into other aspects of my life. And I would guess that that makes the students more willing to share their vulnerabilities and to to invite him into into more holistic aspects of the student lives like i'm willing to fail in front of you i'm willing to to take this great risk you have showed yourself to me and it's also that there's a balance 
that their school, it's not like there's just this one thing and then this other thing, that things move and merge. And that's what learning is about. It's not just sitting in the classroom. And if you just joined us and wonder who these uh, wonderful people are that we're uh, learning from here today, um, I'm Rhonda Feynman. This is the Healthy Options Program on WERU Community Radio. And we are learning about and speaking about the importance of the outdoors to school-aged children and really the importance of the outdoors and nature to all of us and all people. Our guests are Miles Bisher, teacher and outdoor club advisor, and Alicia Haburn, executive director of Teens to Trails. Now, I'm also noticing that there are ways that uh, that you're integrating people of uh, all different kinds of needs. So are how are you integrating other physical, perhaps, differences or uh, other ways that uh, kids who might normal not normally be uh, invited out, inviting out? <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's in the messaging right now. The outdoors is for everyone. And, and everyone deserves to be outside. I mean, I, I've read a phrase that I think is beyond powerful of that access to the outdoors is a basic human right. And it's sad to me to realize that that statement needs to be made because it's not true for everyone. And for, for us as a civilization to start defaulting to the indoors, to something within walls and within the roof as where we learn, for example, or we learn in school that's in a building as opposed to using an entire campus, or we learn in the academic year and the, and the summer is for play. Um, but, but let's blur those boundaries and learn and explore um, everyone all the time. And so a lot of what Teens to Trails is doing now is just trying to, to promote that, that belief that the outdoors is for everyone and it's a basic human right. We don't profess to be expert at the special needs of certain individuals, but what we are quite good at is creating partnerships. So anyone who is interested in leading people outside who have a particular need for support or equipment um, for them to access the outdoors, let us help you find who is expert in that realm. And some of the things that we're, we're learning, which is really fascinating, we started supporting just teenagers, right? Hence our name, Teenagers High School Programming. Um, during the pandemic, we saw the need and we, we extended to middle schools, thankfully, so we can keep Miles with us as a middle school teacher. Um, but the, we got used to this sense of um, agency and self-determination that teenagers had. All right, I'm growing up, I'm making my own choices. Instead of, hey, mom and dad, I am curious about this whitewater rafting trip this weekend, and I would like to know if it's okay if I could sign up. You know, as a teenager, it's like, hey, I'm going rafting this weekend. Sign this form. <laughs> I'm making my own decisions and living my own life. Well, that's not true for our new Mainer families. The immigrants and our new Americans, there's a different set of, of social structures and norms in the decision-making process. And it really is the parent's decision and, and more of a, a holistic or sometimes even community um, experience. And so the, the structure of the way Teens to Trails was sending home permission forms, for example, um, the relationship wasn't going to be between Teens to Trails and the student. We now needed to understand what the parents' questions were. So we're creating much more comprehensive 
um, packets of information about our camping programs, our, our weekend trips, to not presume any prior knowledge. Like, you know, whereas we might have said, we're going camping, um, we're going to base camp here, and we're going to hike uh, three miles to the summit of this mountain. All right, well, what the heck is base camping? What is camping even? Like, what, what might that look like? We will describe the experience with pictures. Our packing list will be uh, illustrated so that you know what a tent looks like or a sleeping bag. Um, and in part of the introduction you offered to me, you mentioned main gear share. And that's been an important part of us making the outdoors more accessible. You shouldn't have to own the stuff that helps you be comfortable outside. You should be able to borrow it and pretty easily. And so this year, any school that signs up with Teens to Trails um, also gets a free membership to this new outdoor gear lending library called Main Gear Share. And there's, that's not the only one. That particular one is in Brunswick and it serves groups or it can serve individuals, but there's gear lending libraries in other parts of the state you know, the first one that I'm aware of is in Millinocket. It literally was, is the Millinocket Public Library. Started lending out things beyond books. Hey, do you want to check a kayak out when you come to the library? And the the opportunity to share that type of equipment. And so Maine GearShare is developing an interlibrary loan system, just as our book libraries have, so that wherever you are in the state, you can access the stuff to get comfortable and safe in the outdoors. And that just allows people to do more types of things. You know, maybe you have a pair of sneakers that could get you on a hike, but if you borrow some hiking boots, you can do a rockier trail or you can borrow a tent and now your, your daytime experience can be extended into an overnight experience. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, and just just to, sorry, to, just to, to build on that idea, uh, I would say just, to compliment Alicia, one thing, the maybe the most important thing I've learned from Alicia, and I really credit her for this, is she has a real solutions-based mindset where, okay, there is there's a little barrier here to getting us outside or, or meeting a need, but we can all pull together to to overcome that. And it's just a challenge. It's not something that's going to stop us. And so I think having that mindset with kids and maybe thinking about all the ways in which we can serve the entire community and not just the people who might get outside normally and actually actively maybe recruiting. When I was at Edward Little, I felt like I was getting a lot of the kids who would normally go outside, who were a little bit more affluent, had the gear already. And I felt like we were underserving a lot of the other aspects of the community. And so I went down to our English language learner classroom and gave a whole pitch and gave a speech and said, hey, we really want you guys to come join us. Are, what can we do to get you there? And then I had two kids who uh, were refugees from Afghanistan who, who whose family fled the, the Taliban. And to learn from them about the Afghan topography and the geography and the flora and fauna in Afghanistan and hear their experiences and get them outside and see their smiles and then see their parents in the grocery store and how grateful they were to have that opportunity, that was really gratifying. And and there are kids all over the state who need that opportunity, who you just need to reach out to them a little bit and to do what I call like targeted recruitment and not just put the poster up on the wall and hope that everyone's going to come. But how can you recruit those kids and how can you maybe co-sponsor some events? So it's the outdoor club plus maybe the Gender Sexualities Alliance Club and you go on a hike 
together and it's to say this is a co-event that we're going to do or maybe you do something with the math team and incorporate some math to it or the robotics team and maybe try to test out some equipment that you've made right so i think there's a lot of ways that we can make it more inclusive and also just letting the kids who maybe have some physical uh disabilities say what are your needs what do you want to do outside how can we make it work and what are you comfortable with and then working with them to sort of meet their needs rather than make assumptions about what they can and cannot do or what they're maybe comfortable doing i think that's important to say that we we don't ever want to judge like this is an easy trail a moderate trail or a hard trail or you can or can't do this but we do want to be as as comprehensive as we can in the describing the experience and then let the individual choose. Unfortunately, even as adults, we undersell our capabilities. So sometimes they need that extra nudge. Well, just come and try it. We can always stop if it's not what you what you feel comfortable with, but we're gonna give it a shot. Um, and, and if I could, that, that's an opportunity to talk about the third way that Teens to Trails helps to get people outside. And, and again, Miles really excels at this. So we talked about the outdoor club, we talked about the outdoor explorers, and the third way is the life happens outside challenge. And this is for the people who don't already claim an affection for the outdoors or a comfort in the outdoors. You could call it mandatory fun, <laughs> but a school, middle school would sign up to be part of the challenge. Many school across the state of Maine, middle school, you wanna sign up for the outdoor challenge, the life happens outside challenge, doesn't cost a thing. And it's one week long. The next challenge that we're hosting is May 10th through 17th. So it's a Friday to a Friday. And we want everyone in the school to take part in it, right? Like the principal, you're in. The staff in the kitchen, you're in. The sixth grade, Miles, we're going to include fifth grade this year too. The fifth grade um, up through the eighth graders. And the teachers, right? Everybody, we're role modeling. And for that seven-day period, we're tracking your minutes, minute by minute by minute. How much time do you spend outside? And there's different ways that people choose to track. You know, we have an app that people can use. You can use your telephone to track. You can have a scratch pad. Um, but the, the numbers of minutes that you're spending are being combined with the numbers that everybody else in your school is spending outside. And the hope is that we're putting a little, a little filter, a little check on your activity. Okay, it's time to do my homework. Could I do that outside? Sure, let's go get some minutes. Well, I've got to do my chores. Are there outdoor chores I could do? Sure, let's let's get some more minutes. It's time to go to bed. Could I sleep outside? Sure, why not? Sleep outside, you'll get all kinds of minutes. And to just <laughs> reframe daily activities with that question, can I do it outside? And then the incentive is that your school can win money. And Miles, the Bucksport Middle School, was one of three, the top three schools in the state for the challenge last year. And they won $1,000. And Miles can choose how he wants to spend that as long as it's fostering more time outside for the students. And, and the unfortunate part is, it's like a cash prize is, is fun to win cash, but why do we really need it? Because about three quarters of the schools in Maine they don't budget a dollar for unstructured outdoor play. They put it to the to a soccer team. They they put it to um, to their academic program, of course. But the power of play should not be undersold or undervalued. 
And so we're happy to try to invest in that through this challenge. I love it. The power of play should not be undervalued. And when we spent, when we spent our, we tallied up all our minutes for our school, we spent the equivalent of 199 days outside over the course of the challenge in the fall. So that's 286,741 minutes outside <laughs> for, for everyone. I mean, that is life changing. I mean, life changing is thrown a lot around a lot. It's some sort of cliche, but it really is life changing. That can change your perspective. That can change your experiences. That can change who you're connected with, what you're doing, how you view the outdoors. Uh, and my favorite quote from a student when I asked them to reflect on this was, and I love this, this is one of my all-time favorite quotes, and it's from a sixth grader at our school named Alex. And she said, being outside makes me feel like a better person on the inside. And that to me, middle school kids have a way of putting things so simply and get to the heart of the matter in a way that that adults kind of over overdo, right? And so that to me sums up the benefit of the Life Happens Outside Challenge and what it means to the kids. That is a beautiful quote. Say it again, Miles. Being outside makes me feel like a better person on the inside. Hmm. I, my whole nervous system just calmed down. How's everybody doing uh, out there? <laughs> we might be losing the audience, Rhonda. They're all running outside. Oh, that's right. Well, you could be listening outside, but then you're on your phone. No, don't do that. Okay. Anyway, if you're listening, oh, you could do that. If you're listening to Healthy Options, by the way, um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you are listening to Healthy Options, not if you are. I'm Rhonda Feynman. Our guests today are uh, Alicia. <laughs> um uh, Hayburn and Miles Fisher, and we're dis Fisher, and we're discussing teens to trails and the benefit of connecting school kids to the outdoors. Um, uh, Miles, do you, when you're doing um, talking to these different groups, you're bringing uh, some of the of outdoor members with you. Some of the the uh, participants are they talking to their peers? Well, I think that's where social media comes in, and. I think I'm young enough and I'm getting older every day, but I am young enough to, to be able to connect with kids. And I think in a way that maybe some older advisors are not able to do in the sense that I've grown up with social media and I know which social media platforms the kids are using, how to use them uh, to make it fun for the kids. And so I'll document all of our hikes or whatever with photos and videos and then i'll post them on our instagram stories and i'll tag some of the kids so they can repost the stuff and i'll add music in and kind of have some fun with it and the kids usually say that you know i'm joining this club because of that and so them then reposting that's like them talking to their friends about it and it's not just talking but it's also seeing what the kids are doing and there's this phrase called fomo which is fear of missing out and so then kids will have that anxiety, that fear of missing out on, oh, my God, that looks like a lot of fun that Mr. Bisher's having with these kids. I really want to join the next one. But I, I'm, I'm nervous because I don't feel like I'm an expert hiker. And then they'll start talking to their friends and they'll realize, oh, wait, I don't need to be an expert hiker. I can actually go do that. And it is a lot of fun. And then they're going to bring more kids. And uh, it's kind of like the old field of dreams thing. If you build it, they will come. And I really believe that. I, I heard a fun um, pseudonym for hiking. Maine has a, a new conference. Um, it's called the Outdoor Economy Conference. And it's a, it's a powerful thing. It just really puts Maine front and center as a wonderful place to live because the outdoors 
is a lifestyle. It's part of our brand. And it's also a really strong component of, of our economy, the bottom line, right? Um, and there was a national speaker at this conference talking about hiking. And she had this wonderful attitude towards it all around accessibility. So your question, Rhonda, about how do we get more people outside? She said, hiking, it's just walking on dirt. <laughs> right? Like, how inclusive is that? <laughs> Let's just get out there and do what we do, but do it on dirt. <laughs> <laughs> that that's 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 great. Um well, yeah, just walk on dirt. Go for it. Um, <laughs> so, if you want to borrow a backpack? We can help you with that. <laughs> and really, we want some hiking boots. We we we've got that for you as well. So, Miles, um, tell me tell me more uh, about about the um, about those about those kids influencing each other. I know it's the fear of missing out, but is it? Are they? They must be encouraging each other too. I know you're a little afraid of that, but I'll be there too. Or you know that kind of that another way of of creating that kind of community. Well, this is there's a video on YouTube, and I actually I presented at the Teens to Trails Outdoor Leadership Club, uh, a club leadership uh, program in September that they hosted, where we have advisors come. And they ask questions and we sort of learn how to make our clubs better and just how do we do what we do to make kids happy outside and get kids outside. And I reenacted a video that is really old on YouTube. It's probably 14 years old now. And it's the importance of the first follower. So there's this crazy dancer on a hill at a concert and he's just doing his own thing. And he's just a crazy guy by himself looking like kind of an idiot. And everyone is there. You can kind of see people in the crowd pointing and laughing at him. And then all of a sudden, there's the first follower, which joins him. And then now it's not one crazy guy, it's two crazy guys who are dancing. And then all of a sudden, a third person joins, and then a fourth, and then a fifth. And then the next thing you know, it's more popular to be doing the crazy dancing than to be sitting there watching them and making fun of them. And so that, I think, is the snowball effect of getting kids outside, is if you can sort of build that community where this is the thing to do, and this is not only fun, but it is good for us. And I'm there with my friends. You know, kids are never really, there's very few kids who are comfortable just doing something on their own because they want to do it. That takes a really mature kid. But if their friend is going to do it, man, they're there. They are so there if their friends are in. And so that's where the targeted recruitment comes in. Can you get the magnetic personalities who can attract other kids there and then build your community that way? And then you can sort of see the synapses grow and you can start seeing the community build in different ways. And I've seen kids become lifelong friends based on the outdoor club stuff where they didn't know the kids that were in the club beforehand, but because they've gone on these hikes together and now, you know, after these kids graduate, I'll follow them on social media and I see that they're going on hikes. I see that they're excited to be outside and maybe they weren't doing that before. And I've had parents reach out to me and say, I just want to thank you. My, my daughter is so much more confident now. She has lost her fear of doing things and being on her own and being independent. And that to me is, again, sort of why I do what I do. Mm. Thank you. And the, well, the skills that you learn, we could just talk about the, the, the social aspect of that. But if you start enjoying walking on dirt, right, we could get into that curiosity mindset and say, I want, I want to do it overnight. Okay, I want to go backpacking. How do I do that? What do I need for backpacking? Well, I'm going to need to learn how to feed myself. 
okay, what kind of food would I do? Am I going to have to cook it? Wow, I'm learning cooking skills now. If I'm going to cook something, I need a collection of ingredients. Well, that's planning ahead and thinking of portions. And there's all kinds of wonderful um, extrapolations that you can make from something like, I'm just going to go out on an overnight hike to all the details that that entails and all the learning that you could do to build your self-reliance and your self-sufficiency. It's, it's really fun to think where it can go. And Miles, am I correct in remembering that you were part of an outdoor club when you were young? Correct. Yep. And up to, until I had the right to Appalachian Trail, my, I felt like my greatest physical and mental accomplishment was hiking to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and back the 18 miles in one day when I was Whoa. in high school. And that was, that was a high school outdoor club event that we did to go to the Grand Canyon. So that's the kind of life-changing experience that I think has obviously paid off in my life. And I, I think really can pay off for these kids in the future. And I'll just say, you know, I don't know how close we are to running out of time, but we, we're very close. So <laughs> but the, my sort of final thought on this is this is not just about these kids. Now, this is about the future of our country and the world, that this is the easiest thing that we can do and the least expensive thing that we can do to benefit all of society, because our future depends on it. our kids need the time outside. They need to unplug they need to figure out how to learn on their own and how to fall and how to fail and how to be outside in nature and develop these executive functioning skills in a place where they feel supported. And this is going to make our democracy stronger. It's going to make our individuals stronger and make our communities stronger as well. So to me, this thank is a no you, Miles. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. And I, I think that might have to be the last word, but uh, uh, Alicia, we're, we're going to put all the uh, info about how to get a hold of you. Quick, your uh, your uh, email or... Um, well, I think the best way is to go to teens2trails.org. Okay, perfect. Our guest today on Healthy Options, I cannot believe we've run out of time, has been Alicia Hayburn. Um, Executive Director of Teens to Trails and Miles Bisher, teacher and advisor to Outdoor Clubs. Thank you both for being with us today. And we will um, have that teenstotrails.org on our website. If you missed any part of the show, please check the public affairs section and the Healthy Options archives at weru.org. Thanks to Joel Mann and Amy Brown at WERU for engineering support and to Petra Hall for production assistance. And as always, thanks to all of our WERU listeners and supporters. This is Rhonda Feynman wishing you the best in health.